0: Hey, and welcome to another Monday of our episode, Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I am your host, Sean Needham, and my wonderful wife and producer, Janet Needham. And today in the studio, we have Anthony Welty with us, and he is running for Insurance Commissioner of Washington State. And just to let you know, open phone lines, 509-765-1470. We are streaming live at the AM 1470 KBSN studio and on my personal Facebook. Anthony Welty, welcome to our show. How are you? Hey, good morning or good afternoon, Sean. Thank you very much for having me here today. All right. Well, welcome. So you have a great story about why
1: you are running for insurance commissioner. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, insurance is something that affects everybody on a day-to-day basis, but uh, for me, I first got affected by some of the negative aspects of health care when my wife lost her health insurance company, Um, and coincidentally, my son, my uh, three-month-old son at the time, lost his health insurance company. Um, Washington State's known for having some very burdensome regulations on health insurance uh, above and beyond the Affordable Health Care Act. uh, we were personally affected. We lost a health insurance plan that we loved, actually. They had great coverage, good deductible, you know, pretty fair price in today's world. And uh, you know, ever since then, I've been really researching this issue and seeing how many people were just like me who've had bad negative experiences with the uh, Affordable Health Care Act.
0: Alright, so you are running for Insurance Commissioner in Washington State because of that. So, tell me a little bit about what the Insurance Commissioner
1: does and when. know when the election is and all that yeah so elections gonna be in 2020 um, so we've got another year or so until that comes uh, on your ballot Uh, but essentially the insurance commissioner is a regulatory position it is not a legislative position uh, but I'm a consumer advocate you know I get to uh, advocate for change in the insurance industry that's gonna you know bring equity to everybody in the entire state and uh, you know we get to you know approve rates approve policy changes um, go after fraudsters, you know, so the people that are following false insurance claims, you know, we get to kind of be the hammer that goes after them. You know, false insurance claims definitely drive up rates. We want to make sure we keep that to a bare minimum. Um, but my, my objective here is just to bring as much accessibility to the insurance market, both for the consumer and for the insurance companies to offer products that people want.
0: Okay, so tell me
1: what you mean by accessibility. Well, in uh, roughly 19 counties right now, there are one, maybe two, options for health insurance. Um, If you had to go to the same uh, grocery store every day or the same gas station or the same bank and you didn't have the flexibility to choose what type of product you might want, uh, you might be a little bit unhappy. And I know a lot of folks in those counties are unhappy with that uh, situation for health insurance. So I'd like to make it as accessible as possible so we can bring competition into the market. Um, bring more insurance carriers into the picture so we can drive down costs and, and increase options.
0: So, I'm all about driving down costs. I think most consumers are also. So, at the Office of Insurance Commissioner, how can you make sure there's more options
1: um, and drive down costs? What would what would be a couple of your um, goals? Well, one of the things I'd like to see happen is to create an a la carte type system when it comes to healthcare. Um, what I've heard of a lot of the uh, Democrat talking points have been that uh, catastrophic plans are considered junk insurance or plans that maybe don't cover everything under the sun are considered junk insurance and you know I was raised in a way to believe that you know one man's junk is another man's treasure and what I mean by that is not everybody wants a Cadillac insurance plan that covers every single thing under the sun. Um, So I'd like to encourage insurance companies to offer plans that can be tailored to people's diverse needs, their diverse issues, Um, and I think we should celebrate that uh, by making it as easy as possible to buy a plan.
0: Right. So, like right now you say there's only two options for health insurance in Washington
1: State. Can you explain why that is? Yeah, so let me restate that slightly here. So that's two options in 19 different counties, so each county is, is essentially um, its own entity when it comes to the Affordable Health Care Act here in Washington. Um, so if we could bring four, five, six more companies into play, um, those citizens will have more choices, You know, more opportunity to, to reduce their premiums for insurance.
0: So right now, if there's only two choices, it kind of seems like a little bit of a monopoly to me. Is that kind of caused by, because there's so many regulations in the insurance industry that not
1: very many companies can actually meet the requirements of the old Affordable Care Act or Obamacare. Yeah, and then when you double down on that with Washington State regulations over and above the Affordable Health Care Act, it makes it it extremely difficult. So what we're seeing is a consolidation in power. We're seeing a consolidation in insurance carriers where they have more control, more, you know, maybe not a monopoly in the traditional sense, but close to it. You know, if you can only choose between Comcast and Verizon for your internet right here you, you're, you're probably not too happy and I think brings more flexibility and options that would be healthy
0: so right now you're telling me that if I wanted to go out and buy a health insurance plan I really can't buy a catastrophic coverage I there's certain things that an a la carte like you're saying is like so if I don't want dental coverage I don't want vision I don't want doctor coverage Um, I cannot purchase that right now? Is that what you're
1: telling me in Washington State? Yeah, when you're in the open market, which ironically is not very open through the Affordable Care Act, um, yeah, there's a lot of limitations in that respect. Uh, Coincidentally, the uh, businesses that offer health insurance to employees, they actually have more choice. That's why, you know, roughly 90% of the country that has insurance through work uh, say that they actually like their insurance and they don't want to lose their insurance. So,
0: but tell me about that because those employers are paying for that insurance and they have basically the same really pool to to um, choose from that the consumer does.
1: So is that still driving up costs in, in the employment um, market also? Yeah, I mean the, the more regulations, the more paperwork, the more bureaucracy that comes into play, It's uh, any economic minded person would, would tell you that you're definitely increasing the, the, the cost of, of the good, the product or the service. So even though a private business may have some more choice, ultimately those prices are still going up. You know, I've been campaigning for close to two years now for this position. And time and time again, I'm talking to families that are paying insurance rates where it used to be, you know, maybe five, $600 a month for a family of four, and now eighteen, nineteen hundred dollars $1,900 a month for a family of four or worse. Um, I, I, I can... It, it flabbergasts me when I put out a post on Facebook, or I ask a question at a small meet and greet, and the majority of people have seen their rates go up. Now, we can fix that, and we just need to have people elected in office that have the political will to get away from the broken system, and instead of doubling down on it, look to choose a different path. Well, I heard, you're talking about $1,800 a month, I
0: heard the average cost of insurance, health insurance, for someone in Washington State now is twenty thousand dollars a year. That's ridiculous. Um, The thing is too is that a lot of people find out that what they think is covered is really not covered. And so they're paying these high premiums and still nothing is really covered. So we see people going outside of the insurance anyway. So there's some regulations that you're talking about that um, came into play in Washington State because of the Affordable Care Act. Can you tell me some mandatory things that are covered in the Affordable Care Act that are, are made
1: to be covered even though, as an individual, we might not need or want those? You know, one that comes to mind specifically, because I went through this myself having a 4-year-old, um, is uh, birth and or abortion. Okay? So I'd like to touch on that for a second. So Obamacare here in Washington, um, if you have an affordable health care plan that covers birth, you must also cover abortion, okay? So what that means is anybody that wants a plan that covers birth because they might have a child is also being forced to associate with something that they might otherwise choose to disassociate with. And when you do that, not only does it take away somebody's moral choice there, you're also increasing their premiums by forcing them to pay for something that they would never need themselves. Correct. Now,
0: I was under the... uh, uh, understanding, and this may not be the case, and so I have you on the show to educate us. I thought in Washington State, um, maternity coverage was not, um, you couldn't opt out of it. So any health care plan that you decided to buy had maternity coverage, whether you needed it or not. Is that
1: correct? That's my understanding, yeah.
0: Okay. Um, so I, one of the reasons, you know, my wife and I got out of traditional insurance a few years ago. Um, and we actually ended up saving about $15,000 a year because of it. Um, and that's one of the things that we were paying for that we didn't really need and feel necessary. Um, you know, we were past having children, yet we were paying for maternity coverage, lactation coverage, all these things that we are not going to need anymore. And maternity coverage is a very, very expensive thing. Um, it, it adds four to $500 a month usually to a, a health insurance premium. So... Why, when I'm got beyond childbearing years, would would I have to pay for that? I think that that really um, is against my right, and um, the government to tell me that I have to buy a plan that I'm not gonna necessarily need or use is, is
1: um, I don't think, very good. Yeah, and, and I would agree with that. And My solution is, is pretty simple. As a libertarian, as somebody that believes in freedom of association, I, I want you to be able to associate with that coverage or disassociate with it freely and to have a la carte style policies to have more competition in the market would give us the flexibility to make those choices ourselves for what's right for our families. Okay so tell me a little bit you, you mentioned being libertarian
0: some people may not be be familiar with that term so
1: you're not a republican you're not a democrat libertarian is a is a it's a political party is that right? Yeah, we're the third largest political party in the entire country. Uh, we've got ballot access in all 50 states, and we believe in leaving you alone, that you are the best judge of what it's going to take to run your life efficiently. It's not the government to come in and, and to try to solve everything, but to fix everything. Um, as we've seen time and time again, they are typically unable to do either of those things.
0: Yeah, usually they end up making it worse, kind of like we were talking about with the uh, Affordable Care Act or Obamacare. Um a lot of people, we will hear the numbers that, you know, how many people gained insurance because of Obamacare, but they don't tell us how many people lost insurance because of it. And there's there's a lot of those around. And your your story is a, a very a very good one. So and, you know, my wife and I also because
1: of that lost lost health insurance. So well, I think you bring up a good point there. And this is something that I, I've noticed. Uh, reading into headlines, right? I, I try to analyze something critically. Does this headline make sense? Does the body of the the article correlate with the, the truth and the facts. So, the, the left side, the Democrat side, likes to tell increased enrollment numbers under Obamacare as a good thing. Okay, so more people off care. yes, that sounds like a good thing. What they didn't want to admit was a large chunk of those people entered it because they were forced to or they were gonna have to pay a fine. Um, over a couple years, when my wife lost her health insurance plan, we opted to pay the fine for not having health insurance. Um, A lot of people chose to not do the fine and to buy health insurance. So it it artificially inflated their enrollment numbers by forcing people to associate it. Now, the ironic thing is, is when President Trump got elected, and um, he talked about removing the mandate, which went into effect this year, so on next year's tax returns, if you don't have health insurance, um, you won't be... Uh, required to pay any tax penalty or fine. Well, the Democrats then use that as a talking point for why rates were going up. Because he's taking people out of the market. Well, he's not taking people out of the market. He's allowing people to leave the market. So they're not being forced to buy an overpriced product that they never wanted in the first place. So I think we need to get down to the nuts and bolts of these numbers, as opposed to just reading the mainstream rhetoric, yeah, I totally
0: agree, and I'm I'm all about free markets, and, and a libertarian like yourself probably is also, and I think it's really difficult to have a free market when the government, i.e., Obamacare or um, the Affordable Care Act, is telling us what we can't and can't have for insurance. So, um, and I think, what's your thought on the insurance companies? You know, the two that are left in these 19 counties, what's your thought on them and
1: what are they going to do if it was a free market, would they have to compete? Uh, I think they would have to compete, okay, and, and competition is good, you know, our our kids compete in school athletics, right, so they can grow, so they can learn, so they can be, become better. Um, you compete on your, your tests in elementary school so you can compete against yourself and you know, your peers and to, to grow and to become better. When you do that, a lot, it leads to innovation, it leads to creativity, it leads to uh, diversity in the market. And that's a good thing. Competition is a good thing. Now, what we don't have right now, this is something that scares some voters away. Um, when we talk about free market or we talk about capitalism, um, the word capitalism is kind of a dirty word to a lot of folks. And that's because we haven't had a true um, non-cronyism Capitalist market here, where the insurance companies aren't the ones writing the legislation to further their end goal. So I want to come in and truly help with a free market.
0: Perfect. And let's let's leave on that note because we got to go to a commercial break. That's great. We'll we'll come back afterwards. Um, this is Sean Needham with Health Solutions, and we will take a quick commercial break and be back soon. Hey, listeners, we are live back in the AM fourteen seventy KBSN studio. Uh, streaming live on Facebook, also. I started my Facebook feed late, sorry about that. We are live on Facebook now. Um, we have Anthony Welty uh, running for Insurance Commissioner of Washington State, a Libertarian Party. We just got done talking about some of the issues we have with health insurance in this state um, and many other states for that matter because it's it's so federally mandated. So, Anthony, we when we we're going to the break, we are talking about competition for only two health insurance companies left in this state. So give me a little idea about how we could bring competition
1: to them and what that would do for consumers. Well, the first thing I want to do, and this is for all insurance, this is not just for health insurance. Um, I don't, but specifically health insurance, I don't believe the government should be profiting off our health, okay? So what I mean by that is in Washington state, insurance as a whole is taxed at over $600 million a year. That rate is going up as they've increased tax rates in the last legislative cycle. Whoa,
0: whoa. In Washington state, $600
1: million a year. So you're talking over a half a billion dollars just in this state. Yeah, on on insurance products. And a, a, a big chunk of that is the health insurance products. So one of the things I want to do to bring more companies into Washington is to abolish taxes on our health. Nobody should be profiting. Specifically, the government should not be profiting off of what they say we must have, and two, that we need for our life.
0: Yeah, um, I don't remember ever reading that anything about health
1: insurance in the Constitution. So, do you in the U.S. Constitution ever remember reading anything about health insurance? No, but I, you know, I do believe in things like life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and Maybe. we should all be able to pursue how we want. Exactly. So
0: I think it's um, interesting that the federal government is telling us now that we have to have insurance. I get it. We talked about in the first segment that, you know, um, President Donald Trump did erase that mandate. So, So right now, though, the federal government
1: still tells us we have to have health insurance, correct? Yeah. I mean, they're taking away some of the teeth on the enforcement there. But when you give government power, whether it's the right in control or the left in control... They can use that power however they want. If they have the majority in the House or the majority in the Senate, doesn't matter what the political ideology is, they have control over your life, and they can change those rules willy nilly as much as they want. And usually, there's a lobbyist behind it that's paying them to do it. And so, speaking
0: of lobbyists, talk about the in the first segment we we got in a little bit to the insurance,
1: the health insurance lobby. Um, talk about that a little bit. So. Uh, The insurance lobby, the medical device lobby, the pharmaceutical lobby, those are some of the biggest lobbies in the country. And what happens is they have a lot of high-paid lawyers, they've got a lot of high-paid lobbyists, and they write legislation that is gonna be tailored to benefiting their organization or their end objective, okay? Now, inherently, it's not a bad idea to want to protect your own interests. What's bad about this is people elected in office that let one company have power over another or let one set of people have power over another. And when you let a lobbyist write a bill in, let's say, New York that passes and then makes its way to California and then to Oregon and then to Washington, um, you're essentially letting the lobbyists have their way with how government works and how our lives work across the country. Wow. Um, So right now, under the Affordable
0: Care Act, Washington State is under kind of federal rules with their health insurance. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, massive, massive federal regulation. And I I believe in in states' rights. So allowing each state to have control over their regulations, I think, is the healthier option than top-down mandates. And that, honestly, that's not just health care. That's anything in our lives. Um, Local communities know best what the local community needs. Some bureaucrat uh, in Olympia or a bureaucrat in Washington, D.C., doesn't know what the citizens of Moses Lake mean. Well,
0: and if you look at the Bill of Rights, um, isn't that what it says? If it's not
1: explicitly written in the United States Constitution, then it should be left up to the states individually? Yeah, I mean, the 10th is clear on that, and I, I love the Ninth Amendment. The Ninth Amendment even takes it farther, and I'm gonna paraphrase here. Um, just because it's not a right for mentioned doesn't mean it's not a right. So we have the right to associate or not <coughs> associate with any health insurance company. I love it and I just I love I love talking to people that know
0: the Bill of Rights and I think the ninth one is all of them are important I think one of the most important because it it basically deals with unalienable rights just because it's not explicitly written in there doesn't mean that we don't even have a right Um, one of those rights is um, a right to life. It doesn't say anywhere in the United States Constitution that it's illegal to murder, but we know it is because it's an alienable right. It does say life, liberty, and of happiness. I get that, but that's why I love the Ninth Amendment. So getting back on health care, I, I, I love constitutional stuff, so I get distracted easy. <laughs> but this, this show is all about health, so we're going to talk about um, insurance some more. So how can, is it possible, is it possible for a state to get out of um, the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare.
1: Is it possible? It's going to take time. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll admit I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm running for office. I'm a politician that will tell the truth. I cannot do this alone. I cannot go in there and wave a magic wand. I can't promise you that I'm going to fix this and I'd be a liar if I did. I believe what it's going to take is a culture shift. And what we need to do is we need to be pressuring our legislators to support flexibility, okay? We embrace diversity in our personal lives, right? You know, you marry who you want, um, you know, gay marriage is legal, marijuana, right? What you put in your body is all all your own thing. But for some reason, when it comes to insurance, all of a sudden, it's, we know how best to fix this, and it's going to be the same for everybody.
0: Well, traditionally, in many, many different countries, over the the century, health healthcare has been a way for government to control people. So that's probably where that comes from. Um, that's a bigger topic we could talk about for hours. Um, but on that note, I think one of the reasons I'm doing a radio show and I'm writing a book is because a lot of people don't understand. They they think that they don't have a choice and they don't, they don't have any control of the situation, but I am a firm believer that they do. And if we get the word out there that patients have a right to choose um, and, and that when they do have a right to choose what they want when it comes to their health care, it will be less expensive and it will be better.
1: I, I absolutely agree with that. And putting that choice and that responsibility back on us as individuals typically leads to better outcomes. When you care about your community, you take better care of your community. When you care about your family, take better care about your family. But when you maybe hire somebody else to do it for you you know, and things don't get done right, you might just accept it for what it is. Um, So I think if we put some skin back in the game here and and take control over our lives instead of allowing and and asking government to do it for us, we'll see better health care outcomes, we'll see better insurance policies written, because we'll we'll be empowering ourselves and our, our our communities.
0: So you did mention earlier, and, and I totally agree with that, people have to have skin in the game when it comes to anything or, and if it doesn't have value, it, they're not going to treat it very well. So one of the things you mentioned is that you know a lot of insurance, a lot of health insurance is employer-based. The employer pays part of the, um, the employee's benefit package, part of their salary package is um, a health insurance policy.
1: So tell me how we can affect that. I think companies that offer benefits are great, right? Not everybody wants the same benefit, though. Okay, and, and what I mean by that is big organizations actually get tax breaks to offer health insurance to their employees. Small businesses do not get those tax benefits. So what we're seeing is, again, a consolidation in power with the big companies, the Amazons, the Microsofts, the Apples of the world, um, that have essentially a system that's set up to give them an advantage, and that's regulated by the government that they must have that advantage. What I would like to see is removing those tax breaks so that if a company wants to offer health insurance, they're doing it out of the, their their own volition, their own desire to offer this specific benefit to somebody. Okay, Why I think that is going to be a positive is I believe we need to uh, decentralize health insurance away from both your employer and the government. That doesn't mean that businesses can't offer health insurance, but by decentralizing it, we're gonna allow, again, more choice, more flexibility. In a perfect world, this is what I'd like to see. I'd like to see a business, so let's, say, let's just say 100 employees, right? I want them to have a choice to buy a policy from anywhere in the country or anywhere in the world that fits the needs of their 100 employees. If there isn't a plan available for them, I want them to be able to use things like HSA accounts or, God forbid, maybe just pay people more so they can go buy it themselves. But because of the tax structure that we have in this country from the federal government, businesses don't have that flexibility. They are addicted to that tax break. Yes, I, that's wonderful, Anthony.
0: I'm glad you cleared that up, and i got to tell you. So um, I'm writing, I'm writing a book about this, and the book is called Sickened, How the Government Ruined Healthcare and how to fix it. And one of the fixes in there is because I think some employers have really, really created almost indentured servants when it comes to um, health insurance. And, and the government actually caused it because a lot of employees are so scared to leave jobs they don't like necessarily, but they're so scared they're going to lose health insurance. And our government has done a wonderful job about scaring people about being... A- uninsured from healthcare and how it's so expensive. And and of course, if the government got out, it would be less expensive. And it still is when you find free market solutions. Um, So one of the fixes in my book is employees, employees should be able to negotiate with their employer and say, you know what? I don't want your fancy healthcare plan. You're you're paying $1,500 a month for my whole family. I would rather take that money, that's $18,000 a year, people, think about that. I'd rather take that money and decide what kind of plan I want to buy and and take the 18,000 and and invest it or you put it in HSA maybe the employer could or you could do it yourself and 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 actually have a plan that works for you because an employer doesn't necessarily know what plan works the best
1: for each employee yeah and when we remove that tax break it it does a couple things one it levels the playing fields with the small businesses so the big corporations don't have extra tax advantages over the small guy um, so I, I believe that, that that's the right solution. But from a healthcare care perspective, y- you'll allow people the freedom to, to, to buy insurance outside of work and that they might find more tailored to their needs um, or just cheaper. Or maybe they don't really want health insurance and they'd rather save for a new car or a new roof and, their and house that's or their, a down payment that, on a house. Yeah. And that should be their right, okay. correct? Yeah. 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 And, you know... I'm glad you brought up the the losing your insurance when you change jobs. That's a definitely a, a left talking point these these days. That, you know, you're you're captive to your employer. Okay. Well, I just provided a solution, that I hope some of the Democrats steal from me. I hope my good ideas get stolen from me and somebody else uses them, because that means we'll bring solutions to the market. But I put out a tweet today. Um, Self so shameless plug here. You can find me on Twitter at Anthony Welty, um, W E L T I. And I had said that we need to abolish open enrollment periods because what happens right now is if you change jobs, whether that's freely because you want to start a small business or just change a career or you lose a job due to being laid off or fired or whatever the case may be, right now you're essentially uh, subjected to one company called COBRA insurance until the government open enrollment period kicks in, whether it's a week later or nine months later. You know, open enrollment for Medicaid-Medicare, Um, you know, Affordable Health Care Act, that's all at the end of the year, right? November, December, going into January. So if you change jobs in, let's say, March, you have to wait until the end of the year to get a decent health insurance plan. That's a government regulation that mandates that you have to wait to buy an open market health insurance plan. What sense does that make to where we don't want people to have the freedom to go buy their own insurance? Well, I'm sure if you follow the money, it would make complete sense. I'm sure it
0: has to do with the health insurance lobby. Um, but you're right. That doesn't make any sense. Imagine, compare, compare health insurance to auto insurance. If you want auto insurance, you just go and pick and choose what you want, when you want it, right? Yeah. And here's, you know, I was thinking the other day, um, you know, if anybody watches sports, watch any football game. on You know, watch any NFL game. Or college game. And you will see five different (laughs) auto insurance companies. I may be exaggerating a little bit, but you will see five different auto insurance companies um, competing for your business. You know, not once have I ever seen a health insurance company advertise on those stations. Now, here's why I believe why. Because the government has basically created a monopoly with them. They don't have to advertise. They've already got guaranteed business because of the government regulations there's not very many of them left so you don't have any options as, a, as an individual
1: yeah and that's where something like my uh, a la carte option right i, I kind of stem that from the auto insurance type of thing um but guess what it's not just all uh, auto insurance that you get to pick and choose which coverages you have it's every kind of insurance in the entire world besides healthcare, where you get to pick and choose what levels coverage you have You start a small business, maybe a radio station, you get to decide how much liability coverage you want. You get to decide how much personal property coverage you want for your mics and your boom stands and your lights and your computers. You get to decide uh, if you want uh, liability insurance against uh, HR complaints or discrimination or data loss or any of the number of things that you could check a box, yes or no, I'd like this or I don't like this, okay? If we allow that same flexibility in health insurance, some companies will only offer Oh, you know, an A or B option. There will be other companies that will offer A, B, C, D, E, and F. I want to bring those companies into Washington. So, if you want option F, you get the choice to have option F.
0: That's basically what a
1: free market is, correct? Uh, In the nutshell.
0: (laughs) So um, I did mention, and I want to just hit it again. So those of you that were listening, um, you you should not have to um, stay in a. A job that you don't necessarily like just for health insurance and unfortunately because of the market the government has created that's is what happened and one of the fixes I think to the solution is individuals consumers being empowered and as a consumer you are empowered you are that individual so it's important that consumers know that they can have options and they have to start talking to their employers about these things because there is a lot of things that, um, in a healthcare plan, that might not fit each individual. So it's important to be empowered as each individual consumers. And that's what I'm all about with, with my book. You can find it on Facebook, um, Sickened, How the Government Ruined Healthcare. And that's why we're doing a radio show. And that's why we have you on today, Anthony, because you were educating us on some of the fixes to um, our healthcare system.
1: I think there's some really easy, low-hanging fruit here that should be nonpartisan that should be accepted by the vast, vast majority of politicians. And the reason why is because they, it, it provides relief now. And it doesn't require a 100-page bill written by a lobbyist. It requires removing some basic regulations that are being extremely harmful to the general public. All
0: right, well, hold that thought right there because we will get back into that because we are headed for another commercial break. Thank you guys for listening and watching on Facebook. We are live at AM 1470 KBSN. Thank you so much. Hello, listeners. We are back on Monday with Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. Today, we have Anthony Welty in the studio. We are in our third segment now, and Anthony Welty is running for Insurance Commissioner for Washington State. And we are having some great conversation. One of the things I want to talk about, Anthony, he is a libertarian, running on the Libertarian Party. And one thing that libertarians believe in is a free market. So tell me about free markets, Anthony. And do we have a free market in health
1: insurance in this state right now? I think about the only thing we have a true free market in in the entire country is the Internet. Everything else is regulated to some degree or to another. But Internet is not regulated at all. And look what it's done for this world. You can connect to somebody in Tokyo in seconds on Facebook Live.
0: Yeah, we're streaming now. You can now on Facebook <laughs> you Live, stream right?
1: videos on on YouTube. You can download WebMD articles. The internet, the sole free market in this country, is one of the most incredible inventions we've had in the industrial age and the technology age. But then when we get into things like healthcare and we all agree that it's broken. We somehow think that further regulations and more government control is somehow going to be the the, the magic bullet to solve everything. And you know, we all go home happy, hunky dory, with rainbows and unicorns,
0: <laughs> right? I think what people need to realize too is that in a free market, everyone benefits. The consumer benefits, and you know, the um, person producing that um, product benefits. And it's important to have free markets so everybody does benefit. It's tr- transactional. So do we have, free, you say we don't have free markets in this state right now. Um, we mentioned about buying healthcare across state lines. Mm-hmm. So right now in Washington
1: State, we cannot buy healthcare across state lines, is that correct? If you live in, let's say Spokane, and you've got family over in Idaho, you know, maybe 20 miles away, that has a great insurance policy and you want to duplicate that for yourself and buy it, it's the exact same policy that that family member has that's 20 minutes away, you cannot. You cannot buy insurance outside of your state, and that goes for all insurance. Now, I'm assuming that is a government regulation, is that correct? I didn't write it, but yes, it is a government <laughs> so regulation. So is that something that the, insurance, the Office of the Insurance Commissioner could help um, fix? Yeah, that's, you know, that's actually kind of a federal regulation that we need state insurance commissioners to stand up against. Um, the Interstate Commerce Clause federal regulation kind of controls where and how you can sell insurance. Um, it can be made legal very easily if there was the political will to make that happen. So one of the things I want to do is to network with other insurance commissioners around the country um, and build some coalitions to get things like that done. That doesn't mean you have to buy a policy outside of your state. If you love the policies available in Washington, then by all means, I want you to have that. But if you want a policy from Texas, or Canada, or Japan, or New York, or Florida, I want you to have that ability as well. Well, we can buy auto insurance across state lines. Why shouldn't we be able to buy healthcare insurance across state lines, correct? You can use your auto insurance across state lines, but you cannot purchase it across state lines. So if you have, a, let's say, farmer's insurance for lack of another company um you can buy a washington-based policy and use it in texas if you get in a car accident but you cannot buy a texas policy while you live in washington
0: oh that's interesting so um is does every auto insurance company have a
1: a policy for each state even though they might not be located there uh, fifty different states, fifty different sets of regulations, fifty different policy types. Okay, and and that's that's okay.
0: So let's get back on health insurance. Um, so when the free market gets involved, um, what are some things that you could see happening with the health insurance market?
1: My, for a free market, the first thing we have to do is we have to remove the the cronyism angle in this and, and this is a legitimate fear people have and, and I, it, it resonates with me we don't, you know, capitalism and with the control that the lobbyists have over the legislations have been written you know, it's given capitalism a bad name you know, capitalism has pulled more people out of poverty than any other known economic system in the entire Absolutely. history of mankind um, but when it is crony and you have big powerful mega corporations that have more control than what they would otherwise have in a true free market system, um, people are fearful of that. And they're fearful for good reason because we've seen what's happened when you consolidate power like that. So the first thing when we talk about free market and capitalism is we need to make sure we distinguish the difference between capitalism today versus what libertarian capitalism is. And what we also, also must admit to ourselves is Maybe not admit isn't the right word. We must make sure we're comparing apples to oranges, okay? If we are comparing um, a government solution to a crony market, that's going to be different than comparing a government solution to what a free market solution would be. And if we're not drawing those equal parallels, you're not having a fair intellectual conversation. That's a good point, and I don't think a lot of people realize how much somebody can
0: benefit from a free market. Now, are you telling me that if we have a free market, um, healthcare premiums would go down, the price of healthcare would go down,
1: service would go up? Is that what you believe? I absolutely believe that. And that doesn't mean you're going to have perfect outcomes all across the board. There can be bad actors. Um, luckily, with the technology age, you can send out a tweet and the whole world will know how bad a company is in the matter of you know 30 minutes when it hits the mainstream media you know, or you get your celebrity retweeted for you. But yeah, I think overnight you could do some things that would reduce cost right away. And in the grand scheme of things, there's going to be companies still profiting. There's still going to be a lot of money um, in taking care of sickness and that sick care. Um, but there will also be other companies out there. There's already companies out there that are a little looser regulated that are more uh, membership oriented, you know, health co-op insurance where um, you still have some regulations involved, um, but overall it's a lot more free. And what you're seeing there is members sharing financial burden with one another without uh, a big CEO at the top making lots and lots of money. And those plans can t- cost four or $500 a year for a family instead of $1,800, $1,900 a year for a family.
0: Uh, let me just correct you. Sorry, I don't want to correct you
1: on air necessarily, but do you mean um,
0: $400 to $500 a month instead of $1,900 a month? You, yes. You said annually. Okay. Just, okay. Yep.
1: Thank you. <laughs> just, just
0: just, to get it out there to the listeners. So, and you know, Anthony, that's a perfect example. So my wife and I in 2015 decided that we didn't want to have traditional health care insurance because it was costing us too much money and we weren't getting any benefits and nothing was covered. And I have a great story in my book um, of, of a story about the last procedure we did under that health insurance. Um, and I'll let you read the book to find that one out. It sickened how the government ruined health care. Um, But right now we pay $135 a month for our health insurance for our entire family. And we have one of those health sharing plans you're talking about. There's six or seven of them now. Um, All of them besides two are faith based. Um, There's new ones popping up all the time. They are growing by leaps and bounds because of all the government regulation and they are the true free market at work. And what I mean by that is we get to choose our doctor. Uh, An insurance company does not choose what doctor we see. Um, Our employer does not tell us what insurance company we have and tell us what doctor we can see, what procedure we can have. Um, We get to decide that and we have some stories we've saved thousands of dollars in the free market because of it. And there are still other options outside of that that aren't just the health sharing plans but in the free market. Um, Last weekend we had Carl Lambert from the Ready Medi Clinic, um, he's a free market. Uh, he helps with free market medicine because he does not accept any health insurance. So that means you decide to pay him. You decide, as a as a um, patient, what is best. Um, and his prices are way less than somebody that's billing health insurance because there's not a middleman in it. Is he? doing a direct primary care model you're awesome you're awesome Anthony just to let you guys know this is the first day I've actually met Anthony personally and it is so obvious how many things we have in common so we could sit here and talk for hours and hours on the air yes he's a direct primary care
1: you pay him a monthly fee um, to access a whole range of services see this this is where I get frustrated with politicians okay is they are disingenuous with what they are trying to offer as solutions to people. And what I mean by that is they get very narrow visioned. Whatever the party wants, you see the entire party talking about it and they don't offer any outside solutions. So the Democrats right now are are pushing Medicare for all. Okay, We could have days debate on whether that's good or bad. Why are they not also supporting other solutions that provide Immediate relief in the meantime. Are they not capable of doing two things at once? And what I mean by that is, direct primary care is something that politicians could be promoting to their constituents as a possible solution for their needs. Not an end-all, be-all, but something that they most people don't know about. They don't know what direct primary care is. And you know, little Cliff Notes version on that. Basically, think uh, prepaid gym membership for doctors. You pay your hundred bucks a month, whatever the case may be. You go in for a well visit, you go in for a vaccine, you go in for a headache, a sprained ankle, anything that they can do inpatient, you get paid or get covered without any additional bill or deductible. And yet, I have not seen a single politician in the state of Washington support this thing.
0: It's incredible. And if you watched last week's episode, episode two with Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, we talked about the direct primary care model. It <laughs> is time for another find that one. commercial break. Um, you, are, you are live with Sean Needham, the host of Health Solutions with... I'm um, Sean and Janet Needham, KBSN 1470. I'm
1: actually gonna do a, a drug primary care interview I think Friday with somebody out of Spokane. Matt Dinsmore? Yeah. He's. I just talked to him a couple of weeks ago.
0: Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, I haven't met him yet. Either, he just started following my Facebook and our, I educated him on a few things. And yeah, he's a great guy it's kind of fun because there's um, in places that you wouldn't think like Moses
1: Lake has a gal that does direct care you know we have um, providers in Walla Walla Moscow area you know and they're popping up all over and
0: part of the reason they're popping up is because providers are frustrated with how they are constrained as being providers to offer the services to their patients so it gives them freedom to be doctors
1: again and not checkers cashiers
0: thanks for watching on facebook people um send in your comments call in live to our radio show 509-765-1470 we're going to wrap up here shortly
1: yeah anybody that wants to stay in business as a kind of small business medical provider direct primary care is the solution if Absolutely. you want to go work for Everett Clinic and be part of a conglomerate, then go for it. But most people don't want that. You could write my book. Yeah. Well, no, I'm going to read yours and take some notes. Well, the
0: burnout also with medical providers is huge. Yeah. I mean, that's a sad thing. They want to help people and now they're burning out. Yeah. All right. We are back at the KBSN studio Health solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. I have Anthony Welty in the studio today. We were just talking about direct primary care and some free market solutions. I want to give you a couple examples for those people that might be a little bit leery of how free markets work in healthcare. So one of a great a great example is LASIK eye surgery. <laughs> LASIK eye surgery traditionally has not been paid by insurance, and I'm gonna. Quoted a few numbers that aren't going to necessarily be true, but you guys will get you guys will get the picture. So, 20 years ago, and I'm not sure exactly when the surgery came out, but 20 years ago, that surgery was like $15,000, um, largely not covered by any kind of insurance company. Um, well, now I hear advertisements on the radio that you can get LASIK eye surgery done for $250 an eye, and it's not that it's not poor quality; the quality is better. But that's how free markets work. Healthcare does not have to be expensive. The reason healthcare is expensive is because of the insurance industry over-regulated by the government. And somebody like Anthony, we need more people like Anthony Welty so they can clean these issues up.
1: I appreciate that confidence. And I, you know, my biggest thing is just bringing new conversations. Instead of a left-right fix, I want a fix that works for everybody.
0: Okay, so that that about wraps up our show this week. Anthony, I want to let you tell the listeners, how do we get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, so uh, Facebook, probably the easiest way. Um, my telephone number is uh, 425-299-0724. That's my personal cell phone. Um, I answer it. I respond to text messages. Um, you can also email me or find me at uh, anthonywelty.com. Great. So... Um, do you have anything to add Anthony I appreciate conversations like this because I think it moves the ball forward and we need people talking about solutions at the grassroots level in our communities um, talking to doctors hearing what their issues are and why they're going to things like direct primary care and I do believe I can be that solution
0: awesome well speaking of solutions This is Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, and we are ending another episode on KBSN 1470. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks,
1: guys.